The inner critic is the voice inside your head that says, you're not good enough. You don't know enough. You're not ready. You can never do this. You're foolish to think about it. It's that nasty voice. It's always there. It's there for everybody. When you can recognize that and say, okay, I recognize that this voice is really just trying to keep me safe, protect me, and even talk to that voice. Some people like to give it a name or a little persona and say, you know what? I get that. Thanks for being concerned about me. And I'm still going to try this anyway. And you're welcome to come along for the ride if you want, but you're not going to stop me. Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks podcast. And now here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, my friend. This is episode 23 of the Second Breaks podcast. If you are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. I hope you like it and would want to return again and again in the future. If you are a return listener, thank you so much for coming back. I appreciate you. And if you haven't yet, I would love your review of the podcast in iTunes. This helps get this podcast in front of the people who could benefit the most, people who are looking to make a change, people who are looking to make a pivot, people who could benefit from our guest and expert insights. So simply go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review and that link will take you directly to iTunes where you can leave the review. Thank you. Thank you. Now, as you know, on this podcast, we talk of career pivots and career changes. And when we think of the word pivot, we usually associate that to traditional job settings, right? But pivots occur in business as well. In fact, a business that does not pivot is at risk of becoming irrelevant or losing its position in the marketplace. Now, our guest today is Lisa Wood. She's been an entrepreneur for 20 years. She opted out of the traditional career path some years ago in order to gain flexibility and freedom uh, in terms of how she spends her time. She had a, a, a baby that she wanted to obviously spend some time with and a parent that she wanted to care for. And so she created a career that would allow her freedom and flexibility in her time. She first started with freelance web design projects on the side, which eventually paved the way for uh, her company, Sprout Media, which is a web design and web development company. Now, over the years, she's continued to reposition and pivot her business in response to what she sees her clients really need and also her own personal evolution as she learned more and more and discovered more and more about what she really wanted to do what she enjoys doing or where she wanted to grow. She continued to experiment and pivot her business accordingly. So in this episode, we talked about all that. We talked about the changes that she's made, how she's reinvented her business uh, throughout those years. But because Lisa has been in business for so long, she's also got a tremendous amount of insight around the small business environment, right? So how that, how it's evolved through the years what makes it easier or harder for someone who's looking to to start out on on his or her own? Lisa's also been supporting uh, women entrepreneurs for many years now. So we also got to talking about, you know, the unique challenges and opportunities that face women who are looking to build a, a business or start out on their own. So it's a bit of a bumper crop of an episode today because Lisa's got so much experience and so much insight that I really wanted to explore so many different topics with her. 
So with that, let me transition to my conversation with Lisa Wood, and I will catch up with you at the back end. Lisa, welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I am too, actually, because today I get to explore a different kind of career change with you. The idea of reinventing yourself within the context of entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. And so, Lisa, would you mind maybe we can start with talking about how you have evolved yourself over the years? Absolutely. Um, I'm in my my 10th year of my current business. I had a business before, so I've had about 20 years of entrepreneurship in general. But um, with my current business, I started as strictly web design and development um, and on a very small scale. And um, I reinvented over the years as my as I learned more about my clients, really. And as I learned more about what I really loved to do. So for example, when someone would come to me for a website, I would realize very quickly that they often needed a lot of foundational business structure, planning, that kind of thing. And then they didn't, they weren't ready for a website. So they needed a lot of, a lot of work before that. And so that's where business coaching was born for me. Um, I found that I really enjoyed helping them put all of the puzzle pieces together and get, you know, working with their fear and working with the unknown and all of that that comes with being an entrepreneur. And, as I expanded my web design and development services, I also added coaching as a service because I really, really loved it. And then as another step, you know, a few years later, um, I started a, a group program for women entrepreneurs. I've put out a few different um, lessons and courses. Um, I just recently um, completed a formal coach training. So I've expanded my skill set that way. And it, it's just an evolution that takes place based on what you really love to do and what's working best for your clients. Mm -hmm. That's great, actually, that you mentioned about recently completing a training program, because that was one of the questions that I, that I was going to ask you. I mean, even in a traditional corporate uh, job, for example, if you wanted to pivot, you know, either laterally or move a different direction or even move up, you need to be continuously improving yourself or, you know, uh, getting trained, picking up new skills, honing your skills. Mm -hmm. And so just because you've started a business doesn't mean you start, you stop learning or you stop going to training, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm always learning. <laughs> you have to. And and I love, I, you know, I, I consider myself a lifelong learner. I love to always get more information that's going to be helpful to me and to the people that I'm serving. Right, right. Yeah. So as you were sort of evolving your business and yourself, right, through the process, what worked best, I guess, or what helped you in terms of navigating those changes, even like, so spotting the changes that you were going to have, or you want to make, and then navigating those changes? Mm, what helped me navigate them? That's a great question. Um, Honestly, a lot of it is just trial and error and just taking a breath and jumping. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that said, I've had guidance along the way. I have a support system of my own. I've had coaches that I've hired. I've had, you know, people that I've worked with that have helped me 
kind of get out of my own head and because it, you, you really can, you can, if you spend all of your time in your head, you're not really going to um, have a very well-rounded um, experience, right? And that can hold you back. So having having a support system and having people that you can learn from along the way is a big one. But a lot of it, honestly, is really just like, this is what I want. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. Right, right. So have you found yourself, and I, I know it's been quite a, a, a while since you've moved from uh, self-employment or uh, employed to having your own business, but did you find yourself sort of seeking new role models or new coaches or new networks as you moved from, you know, that direction? Sure. Yeah. Depending on what I was doing when I was only doing web design, then I was you know, in web designer communities. And as I shifted, I joined different communities and um, found coaches that could help me specifically for what I wanted to do next. So it isn't just like hiring a coach in general, it's hiring a coach that can help you get to the next point in your journey. Yeah. So it just sort of because you've been working a lot with is it fair to say that you've been working primarily with female or women entrepreneurs? Is it that is. Fair? Yes, I have some male clients, but they're primarily female. So what do you think are the, you know, main challenges of women who are maybe shifting from, you know, a traditional corporate career to uh, branching into either freelancing or starting a business? Are there some challenges that are unique to women, perhaps, or, mm -hmm. you know, across the board? Great question. I think the challenges will be different somewhat depending on what the person's getting into. So if you're getting into technology, it may be harder to break through than um, if you're in the health and wellness space, for example. That's very generalism, generalism, but... Um, but yeah, that can, it can have something to do with it. The, the thing that I see the most is that men, and again, this is, this is in general, men tend to be quicker to take the jump into something. They don't hesitate as much, whereas women kind of hold back a little more. They want to have all of the information. They want to, um, they're not quite as sure of, of themselves before they do. And so that can hold them back. I, I believe that, um, you know, I know many women who are successful and wildly successful in male dominated industries. And that's just because they said, I want this, I'm going to do it. So, mm -hmm. so a, the big barrier really is internal. Mm -hmm. It's funny, because as you're talking about that, and I'm remembering, you know, my, my prior role in a you know, traditional corporate America as well, is a lot of what you said also applies in that world, right? Mm -hmm, so sure. the, the somehow women tend to either second guess or need to prepare themselves a little bit longer, or mm -hmm. more than our male counterparts, which is again, is true also in corporate America. So mm -hmm. and I think women are also more concerned with how they are going to come across, not necessarily looking for approval, but that can be something um, I think, you know, that that inner critic gets in the way a lot more with women than it does with men. So in general, in your work today, do you do you tend to counsel or provide advice uh, to like brand new entrepreneurs or more advanced business women? A little of both, really. The 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 women kind of the sweet spot for the women that I work with. They've been in business for at least a year or two. 
Um, they are trying to manage their time, manage all of their responsibilities, finding time to work on their business instead of in their business, those types of things, and really looking for growth. Um, they're not necessarily, you know, managing <clears throat> a team of 50 employees, that kind of thing. It's more of the smaller solopreneur, but, but, you know, there are people that are just starting out and people that have been in business for 10 to 20 years and more. Right, right. So if, if someone were thinking of, you know, someone who's in a traditional corporate job, and thinking of exploring something either on the on the side, you know, uh, uh, some kind of a business venture, or even like a freelancing role on the side, um, from from what you've seen in the changes in the business world these days, what would you advise someone who's thinking of doing that? Um, I would say based on what they need, you know, what they need for their, their finances, insurance, all of those things, those say that safety and security, that it does make sense unless you have a really nice padded safety net. Um, it does make sense to build up that side hustle as much as you can until you're at a point where you're quote comfortable making the leap and leaving your full-time job. Um, I say comfortable because we do need to step outside of our comfort zone for sure to do this, but but you also need to, you know, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, feed yourself, all of that. Um, and if you have, if you have that and you, and you know, you have either the finance, the finances, or you have um, a partner who can help support you and, and you can make this jump right away, then I say that there's nothing wrong with doing that. If your job is holding you back from really making progress, so um, that then it makes sense to make you know make the jump again if you can cover all of the bases. Otherwise, it's it's hard to have a side hustle and a full time job. It is, but it can be done. I know people mm -hmm. who who still do it and they have really successful businesses. Some of that is a is a, a lifestyle choice too. Right, right. Now, I know, if I'm not mistaken, I, I was uh, poking around your website. Mm -hmm. And I know that one of the things that you talk about are the uh, it's mindset related challenges mm -hmm. or issues associated with building your business or, or nurturing your business. And could you maybe talk a little bit about, again, from from the perspective of someone who's just considering or maybe barely starting, um, leaving a corporate job and starting something on the side or towards entrepreneurship, uh, maybe one or two uh, mindset obstacles type of stuff that mm -hmm. uh, typically face women? Sure. Um, the big one is definitely the inner critic. So the inner critic is the voice inside your head that says, you're not good enough. You don't know enough. You're not ready. No one will want what you're selling. Um, right. <laughs> you can never do this. You're foolish to think about it. That's it's that nasty voice that the inner critic, um, it's always there. It's there for everybody. Um, when you can recognize that and say, okay, I recognize that this voice is really just trying to keep me safe and protect me and even talk to that voice some people like to give it a name or a little persona and say you know what i get that thanks for being concerned about me and i'm still going to try this anyway and you're welcome to come along for the ride if you want but you're not going to stop me mm -hmm. so <laughs> there's a mindset shift right there it's it's kind of shifting that inner voice 
Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's super powerful when you can recognize that that's happening and be like, oh, okay, I see that this is, that this is what it is. Is it, is it rational or is it irrational, right? Is it just trying so hard to, to stop me or is this something that I am really, really um, looking at and saying, okay, is this something that makes sense to do and looking at it objectively? There's a difference. Yeah. I, mean, I like that, what, what, what you said about uh, uh, recognizing that it's there because it's trying to protect you. So <laughs> I think if we shift that kind of thinking instead of fighting it and, and you know, because acknowledging that it's, uh, it's talking to you because it's trying to protect you or mm-hmm. trying to keep you safe, quote unquote, safe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and fear is that's where it comes from. And fear is never, ever, ever going to go away in the work that you do. In some degree, it's always going to be there. So it isn't, you know, trying to squash the fear because fear is good. It keeps you safe. It's it's facing the fear and walking with the fear and still doing things that are going to move you forward to where you want to go, even though you're afraid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So just curious, did you did you have that kind of mindset challenge when you were starting out? And I know it's been a while, but like if you were remembering kind of when you first made the leap. You know, I think that they, (laughs) it's kind of funny, but yes, I did. Yes. I had some of that. Um, I also, you know, being in a traditional job was sick and tired of being in a traditional job and realized that, Oh, I'm doing a little bit of freelancing on the side. I could do this for myself and have the flexibility that I needed for my schedule. And I had young children at the time. And, and so it was, it was not as difficult for me to, to face the inner critic as it was the further I got into the journey. Uh So I face the inner critic every single day. And I work on mindset shifts every single day. And I don't know anybody who doesn't. So I think, um, yeah, I can't say that in the beginning, it was harder. I think for me, it was easier. Yeah, but I don't think that's the norm. Right. I can't remember if it was Seth Godin or Ira Glass, one of them, said something about, or probably both of them, uh, said something about like every every progressive sort of rung of the ladder that we, you know, we get ourselves into is that we get, we face a different kind of inner critic or a different mm-hmm. sort of fear, right? So you, you get yourself there and then you think like, Ooh, no, it's a different, it's a different voice that's saying, you know, again, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And it's an evolution. So we, we start off in a place where we're kind of all a mess and we're mm-hmm. not sure where we're going and things are, things are very, you know, up in the air and we don't really know what's going on. And then we move into a place that's a little more stable and we understand a little bit more and we have um, some, you know, stronger footing. And then we move into another place where we're pretty comfortable and then we want to grow again. And so it's it's a cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's life. <laughs> now, you you said something there that I, I, I didn't get to explore. I didn't ask beforehand. Uh, you said something that you were you were still in your traditional job that you had started a freelancing mm-hmm. sort of on the side. Mm-hmm. So was your job and the freelancing thing that you were doing similar or in the same space or t- entirely different? They were I was managing an online store at the time I was running a, an e-commerce shop. And this is when e-commerce was pretty new. So um, the technology wasn't quite where it wasn't anywhere near what it is today. But I was doing that full time. And then um, my side hustle was was building websites and managing websites for people. So there was some similarity, but it was different, too. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. At some point, obviously, you decided that you were going to to make the leap totally 100 Mm percent. Do you remember what point that was? What was the main sort of either uh, milestone that you've hit or trigger point that made you decide, okay, this is it. This is it's time. I think the trigger point for me um, was about the schedule. I had, like I said, I had young children. I had an aging parent that needed my attention and needed me to take him to doctor's appointments and things like that. And it was just getting really hard to manage with my schedule the way it was. So the flexibility was really what helped me make that decision. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Now changing uh, the, the, or shifting gears a little bit and, you know, you have, you've been in the business world for a while and also your work with other women entrepreneurs as they build their own businesses. Um, you have this vantage point about how just the economy business changed over time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so from your vantage point, how has the business world changed uh, over the years since you've become a business owner yourself that makes it easier for us to become entrepreneurs or I don't know if it's easier or harder, but I guess that's that's something mm. I wanted to post that to you. Yeah, the barrier to entry is certainly lower in terms of um, expense and, you know, technology makes it very easy to put up a website in no time at all, whether you're using WordPress or Squarespace or something like that. You can have a website, you know, overnight. Um, so some people think that, you know, I have a website, I have a business. That's not true. <laughs> 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 but but the um, it's much easier to get started. So you don't have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to somebody to, to get you established online. Social media channels are pretty much free. Um, there is help available. Google, um, like Score, is an intern is a at least in the U.S. Um, volunteer organization where you can go and get business help. I used them before I got started. That was fantastic. Um, so I highly recommend that. And uh, yeah, I think that that the mindset is always going to be the same. Okay. Running a business, the pieces are always going to be similar for, you know, a business plan and operations. You're always going to need some of the same things that you would have, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But the barrier to entry is much lower mm-hmm. in terms of time and expense, for sure. Gotcha. Is there any area that's harder from your perspective? Um, I think it's, again, depending on what you get into, it's a much more crowded space, you know, with the world of online, everything and social media, you're not limited to your local area and you also have a lot more people to quote compete with. Um, yeah. So competition is a whole different conversation, but, um, if you're finding ways to make, to show people how what you do is unique, there is no true competition, but there's still a lot more voices out there to, to get through. Right. So it's so funny because in my previous life, I was a management consultant. And so, um, so one of the things that we always hear from our clients back then was how crowded, this is before the digital marketplace, but how crowded it was in the brick and mortar space, you know, outside before, (laughs) this explosion of <laughs> digital marketplace. And so it, it's almost like it's the same challenge. It just moved, moved channels, right? It's the mm. same exact thing. It just moved channels. Definitely. And so we're here now. And, uh, and so perhaps different tactics, perhaps, but the same challenge that you might have had if you were 
you know, 20 years ago, if you were, you know, uh, opening an Italian restaurant in New York City where there's an Italian restaurant in every two blocks, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, if it's always been about relationships, even more so now, but it really has always been about relationships. So you can have two Italian restaurants in the same town, even right next to each other. And the way people connect with that business is the is the one they're going to choose, right? So it's about no, you know, if someone knows you and likes you and trusts you, they're going to buy from you, they're going to refer you, they're going to send everybody they know to you. And so it depends on which Italian restaurant is running, is, is managing relationships better. That's right, which is a good point, because I think a lot of the people that I talk to who have uh, traditional jobs, for example, and have skills that they want to to play with as a freelancing, for example, like a web designer or whatever, and they're saying, there's so many web designers out there, how do I compete? Or mm-hmm. there's so many writers out there, or there's so many whatever XYZ is out there already. But to your point... I mean, if that were the criteria, then there won't be any more new Italian restaurants opening in New York City <laughs> ever because there are so many Italian restaurants already, right? Yeah. But to your point, relationships, because I think that we get, or, you know, there's this big scary concept, I think, for someone who's not yet in fully immersed in the business world, you know, the differentiation factor. And I know that when you're still in your corporate job and you're thinking about switching, into entrepreneurship and this uh, differentiation word mm-hmm. uh, gets thrown at you. And it is so scary because you're like, how am I going to differentiate myself? And so forget it. Never mind. I'm not even going to. Because mm-hmm. how am I this person who's just starting a web, new web designer? How am I going to differentiate myself? Yeah. And and again, it comes it comes back to relationships. It certainly does have something to do with quality. So you, with anything you do, you want the quality of your work to be high. Um, but if you're, you know, just getting ready to make that jump, I recommend just getting out and talking to people, whether it's at networking events, which, you know, I don't know anybody who really likes them, but they work, (laughs) um, and, and online and talking to people and, you know, doing what we're doing here today and just getting to know people it really does help to create and deepen those relationships and they will help you. Yeah. Now, did you, do you find that networking is easier these days compared to 10, 15 years ago or the same pain? I think it's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. And some people love it. Some people are extroverts and absolutely love going to events and know and getting to know everybody in the room and connecting people. And then, you know, there's people like me who can definitely go out and do it and get excited and like to talk to people, but also just kind of need to go be by myself for a while afterwards because it's tiring. Um, but it is important. It's definitely important. And I will say that, you know, so much of what I do is online that when I do get to meet somebody in person, it's really nice to just make that connection in real life. Yeah. That's great. So, um, returning full circle, Lisa, to, you know, where we started this conversation and the way that you have been evolving as a businesswoman. Um, you, I know that you recently launched something called The Hive. Mm-hmm. Um, could you talk a little bit about what it is? Absolutely. Um, literally just launched it. The Hive is a online community for women entrepreneurs who 
really um, want the support of other women entrepreneurs who are not necessarily in the same space, but also but working um, in their businesses, small businesses mostly. They find a hard they find it very hard to juggle their responsibilities, make their businesses a priority make time to work on their business instead of in their business all the time. So it's, it's, um, this is an evolution of a program that I started three years ago called the women's success circle. Um, and really had a wonderful group of women that have kind of, um, gone along the journey with me over the the past few years. And I decided to rebrand it and open it up to a wider audience. And so the hive was born and we have monthly planning calls and quarterly calls. We have weekly working sessions where we co-work, um, virtually we have, um, Q and A's and I'm going to be introducing speakers and educational things and all kinds of fun stuff. So that's, uh, that's what we're doing. It's a lot of fun. That's great. So does that mean that you are, um, uh, shutting down or slowing down the other sides of your business? I'm still um, doing web design and development through my company, Sprout New Media is the name of it. And um, but I'm actively expanding my coaching and the hive. That's really where my true love is. And so I have a small team that helps me with the web design and development piece so that I'm still the person that is overseeing everything and I'm still doing a lot of the design, but I am shifting away from that and and using contractors more with my supervision so that I can really, I can reach and help more women through the hive and my coaching. That's great. So, um, one last question, Lisa, just, just the way that you talked about that just sparked my curiosity. When you started out, is is this kind of what you had in mind that you were going to have a company with where you were going to hire contractors? And is this kind of what you had in mind? Or what was your original vision versus where you are today? That's a great question. My um, original vision was just to have something that I could, you know, help support my family and raise my kids. And it wasn't to have and it still isn't to have an empire, um, per se, right. Um, But I didn't, I did not foresee having a team in the beginning. Um, it did. I did realize pretty early on that it would help me grow. It would help me offer a better product to have someone who could focus just on development and I could focus just on design. Um, that and that's kind of picking a lane, right? You you work with your strengths and you find people who are better than you at some things and you pull them in. Um, but that was a long way of saying no. This is not what I expected when I started. <laughs> Excellent. So where can people find you, Lisa? And where can people uh, learn about The Hive? Sure. The Hive is at hivecommunity.co. All the information is there. Um, People can find me on um, Facebook. My page is Lisa Wood Coaching. On on Instagram and Twitter, my handle is Lisa Wood. It's pretty simple. Uh, Early adopters get the best uh, (laughs) online handles. exactly. And um, my web design business is SproutNewMedia.com. Cool beans. And I'll include all of those links on the show notes for today. Wonderful, Lisa, thank you so much for this, for spending some time with me and for sharing your career journey with me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I really, really appreciate you having me. 
That's a wrap for today's episode, my friend. I hope you found that useful and that you got inspired and motivated to try all sorts of different things. You can find the show notes plus links to relevant resources at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode two, three. You can leave a comment there if you have any questions for me or for Lisa. I'm sure she'd love to respond to your questions. You can leave a comment there as well. Or if you want to, you can tweet me at Second Breaks or you can send me an email, lou at secondbreaks.com. We've also got a pretty good backlist of episodes now. You can download past episodes in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or even better, subscribe to the podcast so you won't ever have to miss any of the future episodes going forward. Speaking of future episodes, my guest next week is Amy Scott, who decided some years ago that she wanted to have a location-independent career, that she can be wherever she wanted to be and still work. How she did it, the fun of it, the challenges around it, we get into all that next week, so be sure to come back. Till then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans! This is the Second Breaks Podcast. 